0: Hello everybody, thanks for listening in on our new episode of R.A.M. Filtered. I'm your host, Natalie.
1: And I'm your co-host, Josh.
0: And today we are joined by... Julia! So, I bet you guys can hear, but there have been some slight changes. So, I have a new co-host, Josh. Hi. And back by popular demand is R.A. Julia. Um, But we're so excited to have you guys come back and listen to us. Um, We have a pretty heavy topic this week, actually. Um, so, huge sugar warning and content warning. Um, we're going to be talking about suicide, mental health, mental illness. Um, we're going to touch on domestic violence and rape. Um, so, obviously, if these topics make you uncomfortable or anything like that, um, feel free to stop listening now. Um, it's, it's a pretty heavy topic today. We um, understand how triggering that might be to some viewers and some listeners. Um, so, put yourself first. We appreciate your support, but we want you to
1: put yourself first. Any comments before we start, Josh, Julian? Uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you for, you know, I don't know if any of you guys wanted me back, but I I am thankful to be the new co-host for this podcast, and I'm looking forward to lots of future episodes. And uh, this is a really important one, so, you know, feel free to... Stay tuned in, you know, watch it all the way through. You, you might learn some information, uh, even if it might make you a little bit uncomfortable. You might learn a lot of useful information that you can use for either yourself, your friends, or your family. Thank you so
0: much for that, Josh. Um, and our first topic for today, um, again, uh, trigger warning, but we're going to be talking about suicide. Uh, we actually missed um, National Suicide Prevention Month, that was in September. I know we're in October, but it's never too late to bring awareness to these topics. Um, suicide and mental health are actually something that I'm, uh, it, it, it's really close to me. Um, I understand the struggle and everything that comes with these uh, topics, um, either from personal experience or things that have happened to friends. Um, but I guess, So, like I mentioned before, September is National Suicide Prevention Month. Um, And obviously, that is a huge organization. I think their color is teal with the ribbon. Um, There are multiple organizations and programs out there um, in regards to suicide prevention. Um, You know, their hope is to save lives um, one step at a time and even help those affected. Those families, friends, etc., uh, affected by suicide. Um, the fact that suicide is the 12th leading cause of death in the U.S. Um, and when it comes to suicide and suicide death attempts, there are um, many different things that go into that data, such as age, gender, ethnicity, and race. I mean, obviously, this is just the data pulled, but Suicide occurs in all of those groups. Um, it doesn't affect a certain type of person, it affects everyone. Um, I mean, men are 3.9 times more likely to commit suicide than females, um, versus females who are 1.8% more likely to, commit, to attempt suicide. Um, so, obviously, those are some pretty scary numbers, um, and I know growing up, I think there's also this like stigma around asking for help, um, especially in like black communities where you feel like you have to carry all the burden yourself, um, and there's a problem for you're ostracized for asking for help, or even talking about feelings and things like that, especially with the men. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, absolutely, I, I mean, I think one thing to really remember is that, like, suicide is, is like a journey, like, instead of saying, like, you know, they, um, like, they attempted suicide, like, usually people say, like, they completed suicide, it's a journey, like, these people, they go through things, and because it's so, um, the stigma makes it so hard to talk about, because they don't want people to think that there's something wrong with them. Like, I had someone really close to me who did attempt recently, and I I had no idea. Like, this person is literally the funniest person I know. They're always the one to, like, bring people together. Like, they're always the one that's like, oh, let's watch a movie. Like, we're not doing anything. Let's watch a movie. Let's um, just hang out together. But, you know, I think as someone who, if you're not the one having issues, if you're someone who's trying to support someone who's having this issue I don't know I feel like the best thing in a lot of cases is just to listen like sometimes like they don't they're not in a place to like really want advice like I feel like they just want to like let the burden off in, some, in a lot of cases at least the one that I was in
1: yeah you guys make some some great points you know uh you know like you were saying Natalie there there really is a stigma and you know Just because you're a man, you know, even even women, you know, even though they're a lot less, you know, statistically, you know, less inclined to commit suicide than men, you know, it really does suck that, you know, as high as the statistics are for men, not as many men reach out as should, you know. Because, you know, that stigma, you know, you got to be a man, you have to own it up, you don't want to feel ashamed, you don't want to reach out to anybody, and it really does suck just because, uh, you know, that that really is a contributing cause, like, you know, to those statistics being that, you know, people kill themselves and commit suicide, you know, sometimes because they just feel like they couldn't get the help that they needed, and sometimes that's all people need, a person to lean on, a person to, you know, kind of just confess what they're sad about to, and not everybody's willing to listen to those things, and uh, it really is unfortunate, but... You know, if you're out there, you know, you're, there's lots of parts in life where you're going you're gonna to reach and it's going to be hard. You know, a lot of our viewers are college students and college is a huge milestone in your life. And you really don't want to, you know, get here, feel like you're overwhelmed because it is overwhelming. You know, moving out, sometimes it's people's first time living by themselves. You know, they're not around their friends anymore. They're moved away from their hometowns. And sometimes you just feel like you're out of place and you have to find yourself again. And it is a bit tough to, you know, kind of feel like you're reinventing yourself, but you know, you're going to reach lots of patches in life and especially college, you know, this first two years, uh, like for myself, they were pretty rough, you know, like, uh, even myself, like I, I have, you know, no issues like on a regular basis regarding my mental health, but my first two years were really rough. I didn't, didn't know anybody at first. You know, I felt like I was stuck. I was like, damn, like, do I belong in college? Uh, felt like I was a little bit out of place, but, you know, just like when you're in, you know, like secondary school, like middle school, high school, all that, you just got to meet people, you know, just talk to people. And I'd say that's the very first step is realizing there is a problem and just trying to reach out for some help.
2: Yeah, literally, like your, your 20s are, I mean, I'm still living my 20s, but like they're going to be the most turbulent up and down like times of your life. And a lot of universities, I know for ours, they offer free counseling uh, services, so Um, So at UTSA, um, with the free counseling services, um, you could call, like, for example, our number is 210-458-4140, if you push option two, you can ask to schedule an appointment in person or even virtual, like, in the same day, so there's options for you, like, it can be immediate, because I know, like, a lot of times, like, those moments, because I consider myself kind of a high-anxiety personality, so... Sometimes you need someone just in the moment, like, you can't wait till the morning to talk about what you're thinking. So I think that's a really good resource for students, you know, especially with how hectic college life can be.
0: So definitely take advantage of that and look into it. Um, So I know how how scary those thoughts are. I mean, it's really just taking that leap um, to calling the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And I know it used to be um, 800-273-8255, but I think they just now recently changed it to just dialing 988, kind of like 911. It's just those three numbers. I mean, obviously, whenever you call, you're um, connected to the soonest person um, to kind of like talk you through whatever you're feeling and to give you those resources. And speaking Um, on mental health, which is our our next topic, um, October, is actually uh, mental illness awareness. There's a week, I think it's um, October 4th through like the 11th. I could be wrong on those dates. Obviously, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, We want to bring attention, the right attention and the right awareness to these issues. Um, But um, I found it interesting, actually, that there is a difference between um, mental health and mental illness that not a lot of people know about. So, um, according to the CDC, like the way they define mental illness. um, It refers to, um, I'm just reading the definition, but it's conditions that affect a person's thinking, feeling, mood, or behavior, um, and those can include, but are not limited to depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and um, oftentimes schizophrenia. Versus mental health, um, it's definitely defined as the emotional, psychological, and social well-being Um, Because it affects, you know, how we think, how we feel, and um, sometimes how we act. You know, mental health and mental illness have a strong impact on the way we interact with others, how we handle our problems, and make our decisions. Um, And it's kind of crazy, but this is a really big number. It might be an outdated stat by the National Institute of Mental Health, but nearly 44 million adults experience mental illness every year, which is a lot of people. a lot of people. Um, And sometimes some of these people don't even get tested or aren't even aware that um, what they're experiencing is valid, uh, that they share in common with millions of other peoples. Um, So that's kind of crazy. And you know, I think now in this day and age, like mental health and mental illness, there isn't as much of a stigma around it um, as it used to. But definitely it's still there. it's still an issue where people feel like they can't talk about how they're feeling because um, they think you know uh, they're just going to get ridiculed or their emotions and feelings aren't going to get validated, which is the exact opposite of what you want to do because yeah. um, worse comes to worst they end up attempting.
2: Yeah I think our new media is actually really good about um, helping us figure out how to nurture mental health like there's so many different ways that you can do it like I think that one of your things is like a mental health walk. Yeah, it's like super cute, but um, like walks, like some people like pick up gardening, which oh, I want to garden so bad. Some people, they decide to like adopt a pet and you know, like I just love that everyone's like so open to talking about it now. I know it's still in the works, like we're still learning so much about it, but like I I don't know, it's, I think it's it's pretty good, the trajectory that we're on and you know, people put a best um, name on social media, but I love what it's done for my mental health. Like, I learned so many new things and um, you know, I guess it depends on your for you page too, like what you get on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm on gardening TikTok, farm talk.
0: Which actually, I know you mentioned it a little bit, uh, but social media and its impact on suicide awareness, mental health awareness, things like that. You'll see a lot of discourse around social media and mental health. A lot of people think that sharing your experience on social media and being like, hey, if you have these things too, like that means you have XYZ uh, or XYZ mental illness. Um, And some people argue that, you know, just because you saw it on social media and some of it is relatable that, you know, you can't just claim that you have that mental illness, right? Um, So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, well, I, I think, you know, like that is a very good point, you know, mental health, like, and you know, like mental illnesses, they're not anything to joke about. They're not anything to, you know, have like a bandwagon on, you know, just, you know, if, if you do feel off, it really is important that you reach out to somebody and you try your very best to, you know, just talk about it. Cause you know, the smallest symptoms might, you know, just be coming signs of, you know, even more serious, you know, signs to come, like, you know, things can get worse sometimes things are worse before they get better and sometimes things are better before they get worse but uh, yeah it is definitely you know not the best idea to kind of just you know see people expressing you know like how poorly they're doing in terms of mental health and just being like ah oh, like same like it's fun to joke about you know it's it's very nice you know for everybody to kind of you know like poke and make you know make light of things but yeah uh, that is one of the you know last things that a lot of people who are suffering from mental illnesses you know their mental health is deteriorating they do not want to hear people saying like oh like same, like, you know, very common things like, oh, like uh, like KMS, like, you know, like they're having like a bad day and stuff like that, and sometimes that just rubs off the wrong way on the wrong people, so, you know, there is like a time and a place for that, and most of the time the internet is not the place, because, you know, digital footprint and everything, and you know, that just uh, isn't a good look.
2: Yeah, like, I think that it's definitely like a, as much as social media can be healing for um, mental health issues, it can also be super damaging, because I know, like, when people talk about it, especially when you're, like, in middle school, you're super impressionable, sometimes it's like, ooh, it's quirky, like, I have depression, like, I'm, I'm quirky, like, I'm kind of sad sometimes. Like, they kind of just want to label themselves with something so that either they can get attention or they want some place to fit in, which is, it's fair, it's valid. Um, it's not so much of an issue, like, in college, I think it's, that's great, like, people are very serious about stuff like that, but I know, like, when I was in middle school, I don't know, this is, like, too deep, But I got into a relationship, it was my first boyfriend, and he, you can cut this out if you want. He um, self-harmed, and I don't know the extent of his seriousness, it was like early high school, like literally we were 14, and he actually got me into doing it, and it was just the only way I felt like we could get each other's attention. It was such a toxic relationship, but I'm just, just saying that to, say that it can be so impressionable for people for young minds to think it's like quirky to have things like that like oh like you know maybe it's for attention i don't know
1: but and and yeah and even though like i was a younger kid and i never had any issues with mental health like i said uh when i came into college i you know it was a bit tough like it was it was a new place for me i never lived in a big city before i'm from a really small town temple And uh, I, you know, was struggling a little bit and I, you know, I didn't ever reach out to my counselor. I wasn't doing too bad, but I was struggling a lot, you know, trying to figure out like, oh, like, do I really want to follow this major? You know, like the whole like college life crisis thing and, you know, things get tough. And I remember a really, really significant thing that I still remember every day. Uh, I was talking to a friend about it eventually because I was feeling a bit upset one day. And I remember he told me. You know, if you are struggling with mental illness or any, you know, your mental health is bad, tell yourself, you know, my epic story of tomorrow cannot be written if it ends today. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, oh, put
2: that on the billboard, yeah. dude. Yeah. That's,
1: really that's good. And it it really did. Like, even though like he said that, you know, like words are words. Words definitely carry lots of weight in it. And you never you never know like what you say. Like, you know, being there for somebody. If you are you know somebody who's doing perfectly fine, you never know if your friends are gonna doing like a little bit terribly or they're not doing too well. Uh, always reach out to all your friends, even like the ones that you don't talk to too much. Just like a little message. Uh, anything helps at all. I promise. Like it, it really does mean a lot. And uh, even if you don't think it does, just just try. You know, you could save a life.
0: So, Josh, you, you said those first two years of college um, were when were when you were feeling those like intense bouts of like or those intense feelings of like sadness. Are you the oldest child?
1: No, I'm actually. Well, I was the youngest for uh, like 17 years, and then uh, I actually did have a half, like half sister. Now she's about to be three mm-hmm. or about four, actually. <laughs>
0: So
1: then, are you, like, the first um, in your family to go to college? Yeah, I am, I'm am, I'm not the first in my family to go to college, but uh, I think I am going to be the first one to finish, so I, I would say that, yes, I am first generation, and uh, it is a bit tough, you know, like, I, I don't have really a lot of pressure on me, you know, okay. you know, because, you know, if you're first generation, not like your family can put a lot of pressure on you, because, I mean, they didn't go as far as, you know, as far as I've gone, but uh, definitely, you know, I feel like I have something to live up to, you know, I want to. You know, I I felt like you know, like those first two years, I was like, man, like all I'm focusing on is, I want to get a career, I want to have, I want to make a lot of money so that I can, you know, make sure that my future is set. You know, if I ever have kids, they don't have to worry about that. You know, trying to break that line of poverty in my family, and uh, I just felt like, you know, for the first two years that I, I wasn't gonna actually do those things. I was like, oh, like I'm, I'm doing poor in my classes. Like, you know, overthinking really, really does suck, and everybody does it. You know, even you know, perfectly you know, find people, everybody overthinks, everybody doubts themselves, and, you know, those first two years of college were always the worst, you know, that lots of self-doubt comes in, you don't, you don't even know if you still want to do your major, you, like, you know, college is a really eye-opening experience, you know, like, believe it or not, even though we were all online, I still, you know, that college experience, anyways, uh, that, yeah, that college experience is, you know, still a bit rough, so, you know, coming into college, you know, be, you know, be, you know, you know, be, be ready. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be a, a crazy ride. You know, these are the, some of the toughest years of your life, and they're also the best years of your life. You're going to have so many experiences in college if you're a freshman. You know, like, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you're excited, and you're going to have a great time in college, and, you know, there's probably plenty of seniors or super seniors who can attest that college is definitely bumpy. You got to take as many L's yeah. as you can and just get right back up.
0: <laughs> and so you said you dealt with that for the first two years. Um, and you finally reached out to a friend. Yeah. Did you ever tell your parents Uh,
1: feeling? No, I didn't, uh, just because, you know, like that. I didn't want to, you know, give them any, like, troubles, you know, just because I knew, like, I would always, of course, reach out to my parents if I really felt like I had to if it got that far. But luckily, you know, I was just super stressed out, and I was just doubting myself a bit, you know. I wasn't, you know, in a really bad state where, you know, like I felt like I was going to lead, you know, to, like, a darker place than that. But I you know, when I'm stressed, you know, sometimes I just cope with it, but it, you know, it felt good to, you know, reach out to somebody and to kind of just vent, you know, sometimes people have, you know, like they were saying gardening, uh, just pick up like a hobby. Some people write their thoughts down. That really helps, you know, just writing them down, getting rid of them, you know, getting it all out of your head, but, uh, you know, just distracting yourself, you know, instead of just being in your own head, that really helps.
0: How do you think, uh, We talked about it a little bit already uh, about social media, but how do you think the media portrays um, attempting suicide or any mental health and mental illnesses? I remember 13 Reasons Why was really famous for quite a bit. And I personally saw mixed reviews about 13 Reasons Why and how it portrayed um, after suicide and mental health and everything like that.
1: Yeah, uh, it it really is like um, the media really does honestly a much better job than they used to. Like when I was younger, I used to mean I've been on the Internet my entire life, you know, grew up electronics and I never really saw too much about mental health. It's really just like, um, you know, coming into you know, like, 2020, like, up, like, I've seen, like, an exponential, like, amount of, you know, like, mental health awareness being online, you know, like, them changing the suicide hotline number to 988 from the how long it was before, and, you know, people just pushing, and lots of more uh, influential, like, celebrities, you know, people who have a really big influence to, like, their viewers, people have been stepping out more and talking about mental health awareness, you know, not being afraid Mm -hmm. to come forward, and, you know, it's really good, you know, the media is the best way to spread it. Because, you know, uh, uh, even somebody with a small following has a big influence. And as long as you can influence one person to seek help and, you know, help themselves, you've made a difference.
0: Um, I'm always critical of shows like Euphoria and 13 Reasons Why um, when it comes to portraying, like, mental health and mental illness and how they deal with it. Just because, I mean, I was diagnosed um, with depression, I think, like, when I was 15 um, and I went to therapy... For like four years, and then um, I stopped going when I went into college, which I think kind of hurt me um, halfway into my first year. So, like, seeing that the way like media portrays, you know, depression or anxiety and things like that, um, I think at least for me personally, it was always like the stereotypical Does it make uh, symptoms. It doesn't, make you mad? it doesn't make me upset. I think what um, I wanted to say was like there are more symptoms and experiences than just the ones that social media portrays and I get it, it's a trope and um, you know, it's not taken as seriously sometimes, but uh, I think that was my point, I was just sometimes um, these mental illnesses like, there aren't a set set of symptoms, it can be a range of things um, and I think that's kind of what I wanted to get at as well. Like some people will see the TikToks um, or see Twitter threads of like, this is what depression is, or like the most common symptoms, right? And then someone's like, they see that and they're like, oh, that's not really quite what I'm feeling. So obviously that can't be what I have um, or anything like that. I was lucky, Um, one of my freshman teachers caught, saw the signs of my depression and caught on early. um, And they had to go to therapy And it was a whole thing with my family um, especially my parents Uh, we got into a huge argument about it um, because i had to i could not go to school for three days after i was reported um, and i had to go to therapy so it was mandatory for me Um, and it was a whole thing um, because i think that same week that it had happened it was someone's birthday so obviously all the cousins and the aunts and uncles were together um, and they were like, why aren't you in school? And um, mental health in the Latin community is still pretty much hush-hush, you know, it's taboo to talk about it at all. Um, and so, you know, my parents would, were giving excuses and I had to sit there and smile, you know, pretend that everything was okay when obviously it wasn't. Um, so it was really tough.
2: Can I ask a question? Yeah. Do you think it would have made you feel better about the situation if they openly talked to them about what was going on, or do you think that would make you uncomfortable because everyone was going on?
0: I think it would have been better if we had openly talked about it. Um, there are a lot of issues in the Latin community in terms of marriage, um, when it comes to depression, alcoholism, machismo, um, things like that, and so, being as young as I was and seeing those signs uh, in those marriages. Um, And then, you know, that being stigmatized too as well. And then here they were, like, they weren't making fun of me, but they kind of gave me like pity looks like, oh, like, can't believe she has depression, you know, it's not real, et cetera, et cetera. And I think I would have appreciated them being open and honest about their issues. Um, That way, when they look at mine, they're not, uh, what's the word? I guess they're not projecting their feelings and frustrations onto me. When when people found out, I think I was more ashamed that my parents couldn't be honest about my situation. Um, And it did hurt me in that sense. I mean, we, we still fight about it today. Me going to therapy and having my coping mechanisms and everything like that. But uh, they've gotten slightly better, I will say, just because I'm unapologetic about going to therapy, continuing to go to therapy um, throughout my four years um, and everything like that. But,
1: uh, yeah. Well, thank you a lot, you know, for actually. Sharing, you know, like your experience, you know, because sometimes, like a lot of people, like what they really need is to know that, you know, they're not alone, and that is true. If you, you know, you're coming in the college, especially, and you think that you're the only one struggling, you're the only one who's, you know, dealing with mental health issues, you know, you those, like I said, those telltale signs, you know, like of like, you know, depression, you know, like bad mental health. It's, you know, like oncoming. You know, if you are less motivated. You know like the things that you usually have lots of joy and love doing if you know like you don't get as much feeling out like that out of those as much as you used to then that, you know that's another sign and just feeling lazy tired unmotivated not wanting to do anything you know that day these are you know like lots of early signs of you know depression and you might not see it coming but it, it kind of sneaks up on you and uh it's that's just stress you know if, You know, just because you're a college student, you know, you feel like you gotta work. You know, like a lot of college students, like myself, I have to go to school full time. I have to have a job to support myself. Not everybody is able to have, you know, like those uh, that extra financial help behind them with their family. You know, it's blessed people that do. But uh, you know, don't stress yourself out too much. You know, because uh, you know, college isn't going anywhere. You know, you can always get that degree. You can always get your diploma. It's always obtainable. But what you what's really hard to recover is your mental health. You know, like once you reach like a certain point, it really is kind of tough to you know, kind of. To kind of climb your way back up to, you know, as healthy as you were before, but you can do it, and, you know, believe it or not, it is very possible, but don't uh, overwork yourself because that is the fastest way to, you know, to have your mental health decline. It, it really is tough. Things build up, and everybody's tough, but, uh, you know, the, it, it, does, it does take a toll, you know, school, work, all that extra stuff.
2: And honestly, I really like that you shared that part of you just because you're Loki, one of the funniest people I know. At least I work there. And I think it's it's great to see that, like, you know, it's not, that's not your whole personality. You know, of course we know that, but I feel like sometimes, like, people forget, especially people going through it, like, it's not going to define you if you express that you feel these things and that um, you do have problems. I think, um, you know, you can still be, like, the super funny person and still make people laugh and manage it.
0: So Julia, I know you talked about it a little earlier about your experience um, with self-harm in middle school um, and how that kind of ties into our next topic which is domestic violence. Um, I mean that's defined as the willful intimidation, physical assault, battery, sexual assault, and or other abusive behaviors as part of a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated by one intimate partner uh, domestic violence can be physical violence, it can be sexual violence, threats, economic and emotional or psychological abuse, which kind of in turn is, is kind what of what happened, happened to you, and I'm really sorry you have to experience that yeah. emotional and of abuse. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, honestly, it kind of sounds like it was like my first boyfriend. I think that was um, definitely a... Contributing factor to how I let it continue for so long. That's also not the case. Like you can be um, You can have a good head on your shoulders. You can have had many relationships before but sometimes like especially um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like narcissistic people? They have a good way of like finding those people that are like Vulnerable not even vulnerable, but they I feel like they target people who are like like up there but also like naive in a sense where they're willing to love and they see the best in people. Because mm-hmm. I, I have a girlfriend that's like that. She um, she has such a good head on her shoulders but you know she got in a relationship with this guy and you know it lasts forever. And they are, I think I heard somewhere that like it takes you like seven times to leave an amazing relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was um, like really hard when I was going through it just cause like, well yeah, it was like my first boyfriend, but also I just felt like I wanted to please him so bad and like no matter how hard I tried, I never could. Like it was to a point where like I, he would get mad at me for hanging out with my best friend. Like Yeah, but um, it got to a point even that like my dad had found out about the seriousness of this relationship and the manipulation I was going through and He like grounded me, he took my phone away, which honestly I don't think was the best approach. You know, love you dad, but um, it just kind of made me want to keep doing it more, just, you know. I feel like if you're someone who's trying to support someone in a relationship like this, and I can speak on this now because my girlfriend recently um, ended that relationship with that abusive partner, is like, one, be willing to listen, but also like, you have to kind of tell them that it's a red flag in a way that's not so much like you're judging them. It's, it's honestly like the hardest thing, to be honest, especially with like girls, because I know how like picky we can be about how we receive um, criticism, but definitely just like be there to listen, let them rant, be like, yo, like that's not right. Like, you know, point it out to them in a way that's kind of like, it's like, hey girl, like, I don't think that's, that's right, you know, don't be like, yo, he's literally like, abusing you,
1: you know, learn. Yeah, and yeah, it is good, like, that That steady approach, you know, not everybody takes in that information as, uh, you know, properly as they should. But, uh, you know, she is right. The best approach is, you know, to carefully, you know, try and, you know, like, let them know and convince them that what they're going through is, is worse than they think it is because a lot of the time people really don't see it. You know, they overlook those things because, you know, they're like, oh, I can fix him or her type thing, you know. But, uh, you know, just remember if you're in a relationship and you are constantly being put down by your significant other, that is the worst sign possible. Just because, you know, you guys are in a relationship where you're supposed to be able to be bringing each other up and helping each other reach each other's goals. You shouldn't be, you know, criticized by who you hang out with, you know, like by what you say, by what you wear, by your significant other. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be physical. You know, altercations for it to be domestic abuse. It can be mental. You know, that you know, words do carry a lot of weight, and uh, especially whenever uh, it is your significant other, because those words hit a lot more harder than from a uh, regular stranger.
0: Um, so, it's it's kind of crazy. One in one in four women and one in ten men. That's it's a. that's
1: pretty crazy. That is
2: a, a scary high statistic. Like one in four, like. There's like, what, 17 RAs? That could be 17 divided by 4. Help me. It's help like me. 4. It's 4 or
1: 5. It's, <laughs> like, between, it's between 4 and 5. That could
2: easily mean like 4 of us. You know, I'm not saying that it can, but it's just a scary number, to be honest. Yeah. But I think it's important just to um, also let people know, because it's easy to see the signs from the outside. So if you do, like, just let people know, too, that, like, you're still there for them. Because a lot of times, like, especially with, like, a narcissist, one of the things that they tend to do is ostracize their victims. So just let people know that you're still there, even when they're not going to, you know, talk to you as much anymore, or um, if all they want to do is rant about their partner, just be there for them.
1: No, you're absolutely right, because a lot of the times, you know, like Julia said, it is very hard to convince somebody who is in a relationship where they are the victim of domestic abuse and domestic violence to convince them, you know, like what they're going through is terrible and they should get out. And uh, even though even if you can't convince them, you know, like she said, let them know that you're always going to be there and you're available to be reached out to in case they need you, because, you know, even if like, you know, you try and convince them, they, you know, Don't listen to you and they continue to be in that relationship let them know that you know even if they don't talk to you for months you know on end uh that if things you know go sour you know things get bad again that they can always continue to reach out to you because you know if you say just because they don't listen to your advice uh don't don't turn your back on them just because uh you know because their minds can be changed and uh it would suck that if you're that only friend that they thought they could reach out to and then you don't let them then you know that could just lead to a lot worse things so you know always always be there for your friends even if, you know, they tell you that they don't need you.
0: Um, we kind of, not we kind of, but back again to the numbers that we have, uh, you know, domestic violence and then a category for domestic violence is sexual assault. And beneath sexual assault is, uh, is rape. And the number for this, or the statistic for this, is actually one in five women. And one in 71 men in the United States have been raped in their lifetime. Um, Almost half of the female population, or almost half of female victims, which is 46.7%, and male victims, which is the 44.9%. Those victims of rape in the United States, they were raped by acquaintance, like someone they know. And of the 45.4% of female rape victims and the 29% of male rape victims were raped by an intimate partner. Um, And that kind of makes me cry. It's it's hard when something like that happens to you, obviously. Um, I've had close friends who have been sexually assaulted, um, almost raped, and, you know, they come out... Obviously, they say they're fine, um, but they, they don't want to go to the police or they don't want to go to law enforcement or go through that process because um, it's hard. It is really hard um, for anyone, um, especially women, when that happens to them because it's a he, should, he said, she said kind of thing or you face that ridicule of, well, what were you wearing? Um, how much had you had to drink? Things like that. I mean, it's It's frustrating to have that experience. I mean, I personally, it's, it's been years, but it's not a one and done thing. Like there are times where I wake up from nightmares about what happened. Um, and it also is really hurtful when it does happen to you. And when you tell people, um, not that they don't believe you, but they don't comfort you or worse, um, they side with the attacker. Um, it's especially hard for me to go home um, knowing that the people who did it to me like literally just live right down the street um, it's not, like as a child you don't really know um, what was what goes on obviously, um, until you're older and you uh, <laughs> and you process what happened, right? Good again It's obviously hard when you're a child and you don't really know what exactly it is they're doing. You know it's wrong um, at the base of your core, but it's not until way later that you understood what actually happened. So it's not that you make excuses, but it's like the mental an emotional toll that it takes on you. And UTSA prides itself on being one of the safest campuses for women and that, you know, the number of cases that they have, um, or the percentage of people who come forward um, and report them is, is really small. Um, obviously, by federal law, UTSA has to have, like, a Title IX um, department. so. Uh, their number, whoever is in charge of that department, her name is Suzanne Patrick. Um, her phone number is 210-458-4120. Um, so she's, in t- she's the Title IX Coordinator for UTSA.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that, Nat. I know that's, like, words probably can't explain how, like, traumatizing that is, but it's hard when things like that happen I guess because and especially like I'm not gonna say like don't blame yourself like I I don't know or I can't explain that same feeling that you have but at the same time like sometimes you don't have the right outlets to feel like you can freely speak about those things Cause I know for my family too like when I was going through like my self-harm period like I did not want to tell my parents like we didn't have the relationship at the time for me to even feel comfortable with that. And I feel like it was also such a young age where you don't even know how to process a lot of the feelings and the things that you take in, like the experiences you take in. So, yeah, it's,
0: it's a lot. <laughs> we talked about a lot of things um, in this episode, a lot of really heavy things. Um, I feel like we barely scratched the surface when it comes to... You know, suicide and mental health, domestic violence, um, and all of its subcategories like rape um, and physical abuse and things like that.
1: Just you know, for everybody you know who's you know who tunes into this, uh, if you know, it doesn't have to be you, but if you or a friend or family member is in any type of distress, you know, like whether it's your mental health is deteriorating or you're in a an abusive relationship, uh, the One thing that you can do to fix the problem, the first step is to reach out and tell somebody because while you might be scared to, you know, like tell somebody due to like the consequences or how they might see you, you really should just try just because, you know, they can help you Uh, and while you might not see what's wrong, if you're in, you know, a bad state or you're in a bad relationship, other people can and, you know, sometimes, you know, you can't see things clearly and others can, you know, even if it's your own situation, so, just remember that uh, everybody, everybody goes through things in life. Uh, you're not alone. You're definitely not, and uh, don't feel like things are are normal just because you're told that they are. You know, if you're in a relationship, uh, you know, like any type of abuse uh, is terrible for you. You know, for your mental health, for your physical health, and. Rape is also still a thing even in relationships Uh, just because you're dating somebody just because you know you have a That bonds together does not mean that uh, somebody can do whatever they want whenever they want with you just because you guys are together
2: Yeah, sometimes um, Just getting the weight off your shoulders Helps to get through things even if it doesn't fix things um, The best way to get past things is to go through them so you know talk to people Talk to someone you trust, like um, like a boss that you trust, or a coworker in passing. And sometimes it just feels better to talk to people who don't really know the ins and outs of your life, and it's just an unbiased ear to listen. Um, and of course, we're always here for you as RAs. Like we want to be here for you and and listen. So never be scared.
0: I think before we end this episode, I do want to say that. You know we're very proud that you're here, that you made it through the day, through this episode, that you stuck around with us um, and listened to us talk about this stuff. Um, because in most cases, uh, the first step is is starting a conversation, opening up that dialogue um, for people to share their feelings and their experiences and what they've been going through. We'll of course we'll link um, all of our resources for UTSa to suicide prevention line um in the description of this episode um but again thanks for being here i'm very proud of you and i mean me and josh will be here for you guys next episode um thank you to julia for joining us in this conversation and thanks again to you guys as well and we will see you guys next week